Let's talk commodities. Chris Robinson, the managing director at TGM Institutional Services, joins us this morning to do just that. Chris, welcome. Good Monday morning to you. We're watching crude hold at $100 as dust is settling from last week's announcement, the late last week announcement that the SPR uh, is going to get tapped for 1 million barrels per day. We're talking 90 days uh, worth of total of 180 million barrels. Were you surprised to see crude kind of limited in terms of its pullback and reaction to? Not really. I think that that was more optics for people that don't really understand the crude oil market other than, you know, what they see in the nightly news. It's, you know, we, we use 21 million barrels a day. So, you know, it's 5%. It, it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't help. I just don't think that it's going to help that much, honestly. Um, the, the bigger uh, problem is this is a demand-driven uh, market. And uh, what I'm really impressed with is the fact that we've held above 100 bucks despite the continued uh, shutdown in uh, Shanghai. Uh, that, that's, that's, to me, has been impressive. I thought that if they continued that, it's already been 16 days, 17 days. I would have thought that, that that's, a bigger, that's a bigger worry to me because China, uh, if they were to extend that shutdown, uh, there's your demand. <laughs> the only way to kill demand is to do that. If you lock up 37 million people and say you can't leave your apartment, uh, that's gonna that's gonna uh, really take a, a bite out of demand. So I'm impressed the fact that we've held above 100 bucks. The level to watch. I, I'm a big believer in watching the the levels and and not not listening so much to what people say. The low in December was 62 bucks. The high was 130.50. 96.50 halfway back. We tested that a couple times last week. I think that's going to be the pivot. If that if that starts to go south, then uh, we could very easily uh, drop down to 88, 87. Uh, in the meantime, as long as $100 holds, um, I think that's going to be the, the level that speculators, I don't care if you're a bull or a bear, it's an easy round number for you to wrap your head around. And uh, so I would consider, I would continue to see that happening. But from my perspective, based on everything that's out there, it, I mean, I, I don't think that the um, release from the SPR is meaningless. I'm not saying that, I'm not, but I don't think it's as big as impact as people would have liked to have had. Noted. And to your point here, a bigger problem or a bigger focal point is demand, I guess, in many ways. Um, now, uh, two things I wanted to bring up and we'll get your thoughts on. One is we're supposed to hear from the IEA today, expected to announce kind of further uh, some sort of a concerted effort here from, I think it's Japan, Australia, New Zealand. So here maybe uh, further strategic petroleum reserves will be released on a more global level. But, you know, uh, to your point here, a bigger focal point being demand, but also a bigger relief for the problem from strategic, rather than strategic petroleum reserves, ultimately be increased production here in the U.S. Right. And that's, you know, you can't flick a switch. People don't understand that. It's not like driving a jet ski. Uh, you know, the market got shut down really hard back in 2020 when we went negative. And, you know, even in the, the, the Trump years, a lot of the shale oil producers, they, they needed 70 bucks to really make money. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to go too off the reservation, but, but that was the big level. And um, so they, they were there was part of that business that was already under stress. And you just can't flick a switch. It's not like, uh, uh, you know, so this is going to take a year, year and a half to get back to get it back on board. And, you know, the market will respond. It just doesn't, it, you know, it's like everything else. The market corrects faster than everybody thinks, and it takes longer to build back supply than everybody would imagine. And um, I just think it's going to take time. I, you know, if there's nobody stopping anybody from being in the oil industry right now. If you think that it's, a, you know, a gravy train, 
Uh, there are enough billionaires out there. You know, go go drill oil. Nobody's stopping you. <laughs> Chris, let's talk a little bit about uh, prices at the pump and ultimately the impact that all of this has on consumers, drivers, as we head into the summer driving season. You know, I, I guess I wonder, prices at the pump, they're going to impact some of those decisions, but flying isn't necessarily any cheaper. It's not necessarily an alternative in terms of many ways or in many instances. Um, I guess the question here is, will people uh, just kind of uh, shrug off that added expense in terms of taking those summer trips? Will they travel a little less further than they would normally? Or do they just avoid packing up and going altogether? And then we're talking more about some of those recession concerns kind of coming into play. But uh, for me personally and many people I know, I mean, it's one of those expenses that you just kind of absorb. Yeah, I think so. I think when it comes down to it, if you're able to do it, now there's always a percentage of the population that is going to feel it the worst. There's nothing, you know, I don't know if there's any way to to deal with that problem. But I think if for the majority of people who in the past would have gone on vacations anyhow, um, they may look at this and say, all right, we're going to have to spend some more money on gasoline, but it's not double or triple. Uh, you know, it's an extra dollar a gallon. It's an extra 20 20 or 30 bucks when you flip. It's not that it's not painless. Yeah. I think it's uh, an irritant, but we've been locked up for two years. I mean, even yeah. myself personally, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I think that people are actually going to be more apt to drive rather than fly because of the uh, constraints right now, especially with, with flying. It can be a real hassle. And I think if you've got to go, if it's less than a day trip, you're going to drive. Yeah. Well, and we've all been locked up so much. I feel like everybody kind of wants to get out there and uh, yeah. feel the rubber underneath their, you know, uh, feet ultimately and not necessarily be in so much as a rush and kind of take a slower, more uh, easy, slow going type trip. Talk to us a little bit about inflation, what you're seeing. We looked at or got some insight in terms of some of the wage pressures on Friday. And uh, again, not a lot of data due out this week, but we will get a look at the minutes here. I mean, the yield curve inverting, obviously one of the focal points for investors and traders uh, as commodity prices have been elevated. It feeds right into it. We watch grain prices. We've watched coffee, for example. I mean, where do you stand in terms of inflation right now? In terms of peak inflation, are we, uh, have we reached it, I guess? Is it coming off? Have commodities given us any indication thereof? I mean, crude at 130, now back to 100? I think that overall, if you look at the overall indexes, it were the, I don't think it's done yet. It doesn't feel like that to me. I think that, uh, look at something like cotton, right? Most people don't even pay attention to that. Cotton, you know, at the bottom in 2020 was under 50 cents. It's, uh, you know, around a dollar forty right now, so it's at ten-year highs, eleven-year highs. Same thing can be said for a lot of commodities. We're at eight, nine, ten-year highs. Again, we started a bull market before this war. We started the bull market before uh, really the the new president came into uh, office. I mean, it's the recovery um, from sh shutting down, you know, the economy. Um, twenty twenty, you know, created a lot of pain for a lot of producers. Um, we had lean hog prices uh, at 20-year lows. Uh, the grains were at 10-year lows. So we've come off, uh, you know, that problem. And I compare it to, it's a, kind of a simple analogy, but it's like dropping a brick into a baby pool. I mean, these things take time to work their way out. We do have, uh, we just, just had a really big uh, crop report. And I can see that you're, you're, you're showing that there. We had a surprising change in acres. Uh, that could give uh, some of your, uh, some of your, uh, uh, viewers out there, something to look at. Uh, we had a lot less corn acres than the market had thought, a lot more soybean acres. Why does that matter? Well, because we're starting to plant that crop right now. 
the new story, uh, the new narrative seems to be food insecurity and, and what that entails. Um, if we have any hiccups in the growing season this year, you could continue to see upward price pressure in the grains. Chris, uh, I know you follow the grains pretty closely. How much uh, will uh, the war in Ukraine and some of the impact that we've seen there in terms of markets impact decisions that farmers here in the U.S., for example, make into this planting season? Well, I think that this, it's been factored in. If you look at the wheat, for, for example, and wheat and corn is what comes out of Ukraine. Um, and that it remains to be seen if that's going to get planted. I mean, they're trying to plant right now. There's a lot of sketchy information coming out of there, whether or not anything's going to get planted or if it's going to get planted. I'm, I'm sure, you know, Russia is going to plant their wheat and corn. Uh, this area in Ukraine is kind of what's up for grabs. I think the market's already priced that in. And okay. why do I base, what do I base that on? Well, we went from 750, and even here this morning, it's a 1050. Uh, we had a $5 move in wheat. Um, basically, we doubled in about three months. So I think the market factored that in. Now we've actually seen a pullback because people got too aggressive thinking that you know we were gonna go to the moon. Um, but I think that that is something that's gonna work its way out over the next three months. You are gonna have people, now uh, the the winter wheat is emerging here in the U.S. It's already been planted. Can't like you can't go back and plant more. Spring wheat is going to be the the driver. There is wheat that is going to be uh, planted here in the next um, month or two. That's something to watch. But I also think if you look at new crop corn, December corn, uh, even 22 and 23 out, that is a strong bull market. The the market is recognizing that it, the price discovery is telling you that uh, you know we have seven dollar. Right now, I'm looking at right now, $6.97, $7 new crop corn. You know, for years and years, I traded a $1.50 corn, $3 corn, $5 corn used to be great. Here we are at $7. Yeah, so showing that's that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. Why? Because it's these things don't, they don't, they don't get created overnight. They don't go away overnight. We, well, this is a, a one and a half year problem. Chris, to that point, we only have a short amount of time here, but I wanted to kind of close out with this thought. I mean, uh, we're watching commodities. They've come off these recently elevated prices, but that seems like it, some of the worst case Putin scenarios got shelved in terms of his reaction to sanctions and uh, the war on Ukraine. But uh, it does, again, I think it's worth pointing out that that could quickly come back into play depending on, uh, you know, some mishap somewhere over there and uh, or any headline coming across the wire. Ultimately, we could see that resumption of that elevated price activity, that geopolitical tension come into play. It seems like it's pulled out a little bit over the last couple of weeks, but we're still kind of on the edge of our seats and somewhat on pins and needles as far as that goes. If you want to watch that trade, if you're worried about the Ukraine trade, watch wheat. Wheat dropped 90 cents last week. You know, that, that's five grand on a one lot. So if you're looking for uh, movement, uh, go trade wheat. <laughs> it's a lot of movement. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, it's hanging out again just above the $10 level, as you mentioned right now. But uh, these are products to keep an eye on. They direct, tie directly into those inflation concerns, and they are a reflection of some of the unease that uh, has been playing out there in Ukraine as Russia's war on continues. Hey, Chris, thanks for starting your week with us here on the thanks, TD Ameritrade Network. Chris Robinson, the Managing Director of TJM Institutional Services.